Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A ton of stuff to talk about with Lon Seidman from Lon.TV. Always fascinating. Uh, the world of technology changing all the time, but he talks about a bunch of other stuff. If you want to go to Lon.TV on YouTube... And check out, you know, a ton of tech stuff in terms of product reviews and so on, but um, also just knows a lot about a lot of things. Uh, Lon, happy holidays, bud. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy holidays to you. So you're in Florida? I'm in Florida. It's uh, cold here. (laughs) It feels like home. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like warm here, but it's just brutal. You'd rather be in Florida and cold than this rainy, like, mess, depressing. Totally. Um, totally. <laughs> now I, I talked about, you weren't listening, I'm sure, but you know, I covered the last shuttle launch in 2011 and you know, the whole conversation was, would the private sector fill in the gap and all this stuff. And you might want to attribute a huge percentage of it to SpaceX and so on and so forth, but it is pretty incredible how routine these launches are now. It's amazing. And actually at that last launch, I was down there too. And we covered, um, this is right when SpaceX was, was developing their, their orbital technology and they took us on a tour, and it was amazing how dismissive everybody was around the Space Center that right. week about the fact that they could take over. Um, but last night, I saw them launch two rockets and watched them go right by me here in Florida. So it was pretty cool. You know, talk about how um, I talked about it as almost an emotional experience, that, that how mm-hmm. could humans do this? I mean, what is it like for you to witness a launch? You know, it's funny. I've seen, I think, seven of them up close, and it never gets old. I, I think it's... Um, it's frightening to see them because they are, it's literally a controlled explosion and it's, it's barely, you know, stable in, in the sense that it's, it's incredibly risky. And uh, when there's people on it in particular, the last launch I saw was the crew seven mission to the space station. And um, it's just frightening because, you know, you don't know what could happen. And the, you know, the, the, the forces and, and energy that they're expending is, is immense, but um, SpaceX has been able to develop a very reliable system and a, and a mostly affordable one <laughs> comparatively yeah. to uh, other systems. So. I mean, you think about the – go back to the 60s and, you know, of course, you you know, I remember the, the scenes in Apollo 13, how stressful it was for families. I mean, it's just like – imagine if someone you knew or a loved one was in a rocket getting propelled yeah. into space. I mean, it's kind of – when you really think about it, it's, I mean, we just assume it's going to be safe. You know, I mean, the Challenger stuff is so far in the rearview mirror, but, like, you're right. Like, you're having, you know, millions of pounds of pressure or whatever going against gravity. It's like a controlled earthquake, really. I mean, it's... it's it, 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 And it's so it's it's so non-routine. Even even though it looks routine, it isn't. Um, there's a great series on Netflix about the Inspiration4 mission, which is that uh, contest that four people were picked pretty much randomly to go 
uh, into space and they covered the family's reaction to it. I mean, you know, one of the guys was just some guy with a family who, you know, one day was working as an engineer at an aerospace company and now he's going to space and his, his, you know, his, his wife's reactions were, were very real um, yeah. when she took the tour of the, of the, of the pad. We're talking with Lon Seidman from Lon.TV. A couple of uh, hard items to talk about. I think it's great that you get to do those things. It's so cool. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about it, but, you know, with Alexa and all those other items, and you know, when we talk to our mom and then all of a sudden something pops up on our feed and this and that. But Cox Media, what, what did they say? What do they do? Yeah, so the Cox Media Group is separate from the cable company, but they share ownership. And they are a, an advertising placement company where if you want to target a specific audience, you pay them and they put your ads in front of people. They are claiming, and they've since taken this claim off their website, but they are claiming that they are now able to listen in to private conversations in the home that are picked up by smart t- TVs and other devices that are equipped with microphones. And a lot of the tech press has said, oh, it's just not feasible. I mean, you'd be transmitting so much audio. And the other day I did a video where I showed that it's feasible that you don't need to send a lot of audio because these small processors that are in everything now are so powerful that they can do on-device transcription using some of these new AI technologies. And what you're transmitting back is a very small blip of data, but wait, it, which it, can then be processed okay. by something else. I don't know if they're doing it. I, I, again, right. it's hard to, there's no way to prove it. Um, but I think it's plausible now, but, where it wasn't a few years But the ago. average person doesn't necessarily care about that inside baseball. The, what they care about is that if the TV is, if you have a smart TV and it's off, is it actually on? Yes. So pretty much any piece of consumer electronics that you have, even though it's, it looks like it's off, is, is on. Uh, at a minimum, just to look for the remote control <laughs> uh, signal and turn itself back on. Um, but, you know, a lot of these things now are running with Android or some other operating system that is in the background, communicating over the internet to its home base, getting updates. Um, so yeah, when you turn your TV off, it's it's really not off, nor any of your other electronics these days. That doesn't make me feel really good. No, it doesn't. And and what's cr- creepy is that again, it's it's totally possible. And somebody watching the network traffic wouldn't see the data because it's so small that you know I did a half hour recording of my morning conversation with the family. And it was, it was so small, I could have fit it on one of my old Apple II floppy disks and still have room for other stuff. But does, uh, is the technology such they can call it for keywords? I mean, can they, with AI or what have you, can they? Yeah. Okay. So, so they... what I did is I took the transcript and I sent it to ChatGPT and I said, You're, you are a marketer. Um, pull out some, some targeting for this family's conversation. And it, I mean, I talked about the roof that needs to get looked at at the house. I talked about uh, I've had this cold for the last two months that I'm finally getting over. Um, it picked that up and said maybe some cold medication would be a good target for this guy. Um, my, my kid was asking for an iPhone <laughs> for the holidays and, um, you know, all of that stuff. Um, it just picked it up and it put a bulleted summary of what it heard. And if you have a more advanced system that is, you know, matching it up to our advertising targets, is totally feasible um, now. It, it, the question is whether or not they're actually doing it, and that, that again, is hard to prove. Yeah. Well, it's, wow. Lon Simon yeah. from Lon.TV <laughs> joining us. Uh, and I sort of, you get the sense they can do that. I just don't understand in practical terms how they can call through, you know, hundreds of millions of seconds of audio and get what they need to place ads in certain places. That's the thing where my mind explodes. But this, you know, have you been following this New York Times case against, uh, you know, Microsoft and and mm-hmm. uh, and OpenAI? And 
Yeah. I'm pretty curious of what you, before I project any of my own thoughts on it, I mean, what do you think of this case? If people don't know that the New York Times is basically saying that they're they're taking their content and using it without A, approval, but what A, approval means is B, money. Um, what do you think of the case? Yeah, I think the case actually is strong. They've got some evidence that shows some of the responses for specific queries are very close to what the New York Times article actually said. And so, you know, these the, the language models are trained on data that they can find on the Internet. And I would imagine when they were first getting this thing trained and, and set up, they were casting a wide net. Um, and, you know, Twitter is, is running its language model training on actual Twitter data from users, which apparently is part of the terms of service that you agree to when you sign up. Uh, you know, Google and YouTube have been using my stuff and every other YouTube creator's content for years now to train their models. So it's part of the deal. Um, I think where it'll end is that uh, OpenAI and Microsoft, because they have so much money, um, will likely at some point reach a settlement where they license the content from the New York Times. I don't well, think the New York Times is the, opposed to it. Right, but it's the problem is, Lon, no, I'm just going to interrupt, mm -hmm. because then mm -hmm. what about every – you can't make some consent agreement with every content provider on the planet and, you know, chat GPT right. pulls from everything on the planet. Right, and I think it'll, they'll narrow down future training to just – you know, content that they're authorized to use. Um, and, and, and really, if it's one of those things for where you beg for forgiveness because now these models are built up. They're well-trained. They probably don't need to cast as wide of a net as they used to um, to, to reach the level of, of interaction that they need, which they've clearly been able to reach. So I would imagine there's many more smaller publishers that have had their copyright misused and continue to be misused that will never have the ability to, to go after OpenAI and Microsoft in the same way. So I think what they're going to do is just settle whatever they need to settle, license whatever they need to license, and move forward. And don't forget, Microsoft also owns LinkedIn. So they have a source of a lot of data that they could easily just slip into their end-user license agreement for every LinkedIn user and, and train their model off of that now as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very um, new area. I think this case will define a lot moving forward because um, if the New York Times is successful and it goes all the way to trial – um, that'll certainly change the industry quite well, a bit, and uh, we'll see where it goes. You know, we don't have time. We're out of time. But for me, when I'm thinking about this from the layperson's view and I'm just thinking about it, you know, I wonder if it limits the scope of what the chat GPT AI can do if it can only use stuff it licenses or has agreements with, right? Because it's supposed to yeah. call the entire – every piece of information available everywhere across the planet. But if it limits the scope, then it's going to limit what it can do. Yeah, I think there's a difference between training and what it can query. So if, if it were to go out to the web and issue a search result and then summarize it, that's probably a little different than having the data stored within its own database. Um, so, in, you know, it's beginning to now be connected to the Internet where it can do more things. Right. Um, initially, it would only rely on its own data set, which is apparently what the New York Times is concerned about here. Got it. Okay. Uh, more to talk about. Not enough time, Lon. Have a great new year. Enjoy the chilly weather of Florida, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Very good. We'll see. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Lon Seidman from Lon.TV. You can get him on YouTube. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.